This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska. Welcome dun, dun, back dun, to dun, our podcast. Dun, dun, <laughs> I was going to do that. No, I thought we agreed that I was going to do this. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are talking about Indiana Jones, and I guess not really Indiana Jones history, right? What are we All right, about? so we today about? we are looking at the, um, I guess the relics, you want to call it? The, um, yeah, relics I would say relics, appear right? in the or the artifacts that appear in the um, Indiana Jones franchise, and just basically uh, what archaeologists say about them because some of them are actually based on actual items that have the same name or then uh, slightly yep. different name, but there and some actually do exist. I'm not saying the whole supernatural stuff, but they're out there, and so we're just going to take a look at some of these artifacts, um, the history behind them. The quests, a lot of times people are looking to try to find these. And even Indiana Jones himself, I know we've talked about in a previous podcast, is based on real individuals, a real individual. As you mentioned, a lot of these things have some basis in fact. I mean, uh, the thing that surprised me the most um, is probably the most disliked movie of the franchise is the Crystal Skull, right? The latest one? Yeah, the latest one. And what really got me is like when I started doing research for this is that there really are crystal skulls. There really are crystal like, skulls. Yeah, we're not saying they're aliens and they're supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they're um, like they're, that's a thing. They're they're a real thing. They, people have found crystal skulls, so I guess that's a place to uh, start. Yeah. Well, before we do that, we should probably say that if you have not seen Indiana Jones, then a couple things. One would be the fact that a lot of these things are going to be confusing to you. And two, why have you not seen Indiana Jones? I mean, yes, yeah, don't listen to it. I guess spoiler alert, whatever you want to do. But yeah, I was gonna say spoiler alert. But then again, these movies have been out, yeah, forty years ago. So yeah, so you know what? Just yeah, we're not really giving away the plot. It's just a little bit about the artifacts, like we said. We're looking a little bit, not really history versus Hollywood, but the history behind some of these artifacts and relics. Yeah, the real person who this is based off of is not as adventurous, I guess. Right? You know, especially when. Ancient tombs are not really like booby trap. The real Indiana Jones that this is kind of based off of is Roy Chapman Andrews. And he was born in 1884. And he moved to New York City immediately after high school and took a job at the American Museum of Natural History. And then it wasn't long before he was in the field as an archaeologist. And he himself counted 10 times that he almost died in the course of his work, uh, including drowning during um, typhoons, being charged by a dying whale which I thought was interesting, uh, being attacked by wild dogs, fanatical priests, falling over cliffs, several venomous snakes, uh, a, a python somewhere in there, and just bandits, you know, trying to kill him. So yeah. he apparently told all these stories and they became kind of common knowledge. And he never really squared off against the Nazis like you had. Well, no, um, well, he was kind Indiana of before Jones the Nazis' too. time, though. But he was yeah, in the yeah, Golden you know, Like you said, right, he found a bunch of uh, dinosaur skeletons. Yep. He was well known. He was famous. For the time, right? Yeah, he was fairly famous. And that's and that kind of became the basis of this like adventurer that is an archaeologist and as opposed to being like a boring archaeologist, I guess if that's a thing, you know, that sister sits there with like a little uh paintbrush trying to dust things off. This guy pretty legit. So yeah, again, well, yeah, I mean, George Lucas in, um has never come out and said that Indiana Jones is Roy Chaplin Andrews, but it's yeah. you know, it's that his influence is definitely there. And especially Absolutely. in the first film Raiders of the Lost Ark, yep. it's brought out there. I mean, we could start off with, uh, with you know, the latest one, um, Crystal Skulls, and then we'll work our way backwards. So kind of mentioned briefly this idea of 
Indiana Jones and a Crystal Skulls, which I was not aware of the fact that that was a real thing. It is, right? So should we do like a synopsis of the movie and what the point of that is? Or no, I think we just talk about the um, the skulls themselves. The skulls. Again, we're not, here, right. we're not right. here to talk about the movies. It's not a movie review podcast. I was, you know, Indiana Jones, what he's doing, he's looking for the skulls, right? Akator, Actor. The most famous crystal skull, apparently are a thing, was unearthed by a British explorer, F.A. Mitchell Hedges, in 1924. He claimed that his daughter, Anna, actually found this skull and it was buried under a collapsed altar inside a temple in Belize somewhere. And Mitchell Hedges basically took this skull and started like touring with it. Like, you know, in a sense of like, look, I found this skull and, and he started bringing it to different museums and so on and so forth. And, and eventually he winds up turning it over to a uh, art restorer named Frank Dorland. And Frank Dorland is the one that actually starts to test this skull that was found in the 20s. And he discovers a, a few interesting things. One he, thing he discovers is that this glass crystal skull was carved against the natural axis of the crystal which apparently is not really doable because if one does this, it would shatter the skull and the glass. And then there was no microscopic scratches whatsoever on the skull uh, that would indicate that it was carved with a metal, which would be the one thing that you would actually use to carve this with. So there's a lot of mystery behind this skull that was found uh, in 1924. There are similar crystal skulls that also have been found on display at the British Museum. And for to this day, really, archaeologists know that they are old but they still question the origins and how it got into the movie with like uh this must be aliens instead of just like an earthly thing there was a string of like fake ones i guess from like the the 80s and things that in early 2000s you were seeing and they were able to prove that they were um done by modern jewelry techniques because it kind of became more of a famous thing but yeah they are they're in display in paris british museums like you said um, this Mayan and aztec ones out there so a lot of these cultures again all different sizes some are you know small size of like just uh, like apples and stuff like that. And there's ones the size of like yeah. bowling balls. So they're all over the place and they are real. I mean, a lot of the articles that I read, they said that out of all of the artifacts in the Indiana Jones franchise, the crystal skulls are by far the closest to real life items. Like this is totally just kind of crazy on, on these things. As far as they know, they do exist. They're not saying any yeah. you know otherworldly powers that they're made by aliens. That's a whole other thing. Right. But that these crystal skulls are real. You can find them and yeah. So working backwards, I guess we'll go to the third movie, which was Indiana Jones, and The Last, the Last Crusade, Crusade. Yeah, which is awesome. Cool. I love that movie. I, I've seen that movie so many times, even as a, as a kid. It was definitely my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Uh, but of course, we are talking about the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail, uh, which, which is, is a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. This is what the Crusade yeah, traditionally, over, right? Of course. Uh, traditionally, it's thought to be the cup that Jesus christ like drank from at the last supper right last supper. and then apparently joseph also collected jesus's blood at his crucifixion using that very same cup and of course most of this comes from ancient legends um eventually kind of you know spearheaded by a lot of movies and and books and so on and so forth but the holy grail itself is obviously an object of mystery right so people like you said since the crusades have been trying to find this thing and the problem is that there's so much myth and legend surrounding it that to this day, even for scholars, it is very difficult for them to distinguish what is fact and what is fiction when it comes yeah, to the Holy Grail. And, and there's so much with the Holy Grail too, like you said. But like, whether it's fact or fiction, a lot of people believe it was fact, especially in like the ancient, you know, these medieval time period and stuff yeah. like that. So they're looking for it any way they can there because it's kind of a lot of the research that they kind of combined a lot of like pre-Christian, like Celtic mythology, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of wove in with this Christian legend. It could not have been a cup. It could have been like a stone, a goblet, right? A plat, a platter, so many different things, a dish that people have said it could have been over yep. the years. Um, it, there's written about it even as far back as um, 
1180, right? There's there's different types of um, reference of it in, in texts and things like that, looking for the Holy Grail. And it's believed to be able to grant the uh, whoever drinks from it even heal them from injuries or make them younger or preserve their preserve their youth. There's there. It's a lot of times it's linked to uh, King Arthur. It's linked to the Knights Templar, right, and the Crusades. Yeah, we, apparently the Templar didn't they steal it? Apparently, they're the yeah, ones that like did it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was the idea. Um, apparently that's uh, again legend, fiction, fact, fiction. We don't really know, but apparently the Knights Templar actually found this and then try to protect it. And basically, you know, during the Crusades, they kind of like hid it away. And therefore, we don't really know where it is. By adding King Arthur to it, and it, which is often associated, like King Arthur does kind of fall into the story of the Holy Grail. I think that kind of makes it a little bit more f- fictitious as well, though, or and, and not fake, but... Well, there guess, was a King Arthur, I mean, they believe. I guess, yeah, but point, the, he's such something. a mythical literary figure. think he could have been literary. several kings, right? Again, it's something yeah. we've talked about yeah. at some point, but it's supposed to be like several kings. But again, that goes with this. Like, they're not really sure... What the gob, what the uh, Holy Grail even is like? Is it a cup? Is it not? And that's something that they, you see in the movie, if you ever watched the movie. Um, but I did see that uh, in 2014. There was these two Spanish historians that claimed they did discover it at a church in Lyon, northern Spain, and then they had the Lyon, Lyon, Spain, Lyon, yeah, Lyon, and from since 11th century, and they did some dating on it. They actually it's somewhere between 200 BC and 100 AD. It's a pretty big time span, but um, obviously there's no. I mean, they they did these but data on around for three the time. years. Yeah, I mean, so it's old enough yeah. that theoretically it could be, but it's also there's no way it to actually be, prove yeah. it was or not. And it's really a lot of scholars debate whether or not it ever even existed or if it's just like a legend. So that's another part of it too. But it's no matter what it is, if you mention the Holy Grail, I mean, people are going. It's it's part of pop culture, right? It's in movies, obviously, Monty Python, yeah. the Holy Grail, right? That's that's all about it. The yeah. Last Crusade. There's a whole bunch of movies about it. And <laughs> I, love that. That. I love that movie. Yeah. You know, um, so there's so many, you know, books and things about it's just it's part of pop culture. People know what the Holy Grail is, basically. You might not Crystal yep. Skulls, you might have been like, Oh wait, that's real, those actually are real. But the Holy Grail is more I, they, they've heard of that. Whether or not we believe or not, but the people back then definitely believed it was a real. Absolutely. And actually, uh, the grail that these people found church in the 11th century is actually one of 200 alleged grails that um, fit the description of being also that old that we know are in existence around the world. So there are about 200 cups or somewhat, you might want to say, that exist from that time period. Yeah, from that for that exists from that time period. Uh, so therefore, if you follow along with this idea that this is indeed a chalice, some form of a, a, a cup, then therefore there is a possibility that any of these 200 cups could potentially be it. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Again, I mean, that's the premise in the, in the movie, right? It was to give youth. I mean, I guess that kind of falls yeah, under that. Youth, but, if you, but if you drank from the wrong one, you died, right? I think I remember. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. What a great so, movie. And that, that's, that, that was just like um, Steven Spielberg stuff. I didn't see anything yep, about yep, that yep. actually happening, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, um, often actually viewed before Crystal Skull as like the worst one of them. Um, really? I, I actually like this one. Well, it's a prequel. A lot of people don't realize that Temple of Doom is a prequel. 
So mm-hmm. if you really like, if you watch him, you should really start with this one, then go to Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then go Thank to the Last Crusade. Crusade. So yeah, I mean, I never watched it that way because you know we watched them when they oh, came out. Yeah. Although not the first one, we weren't alive when the first one came out. Wasn't it eighty one? Yeah, I thought it was like eighty one. We grew up. I think, with it, yeah, we did. We definitely grew up with it. That is the truth. Did you know about um, Indiana Jones in Poland or no? Yeah, I knew about Indiana Jones in Poland. Actually, I did. But when I watched Indiana Jones, that's that's a valid question. Uh, First time I watched Indiana Jones was um, it was in German. So everything that came from the United States had to it came through via like West Germany or West Berlin. So you know we would have Indiana Jones that was literally in German, and they would have different dubbing in German. And then sometimes we got got to watch it in German. Um, Sometimes we got to watch it in German with Polish subtitles. And sometimes we got to watch it in German and then dubbed over in Polish with one dude doing all the voices. That was usually the case. Within that's the how King's I experienced it. So that's good. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. But what we didn't have in Poland, though, is young Indiana Jones, which I, which, you know, I didn't know existed until I came to the U.S. So Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, um, <laughs> basically the premise here, <laughs> I know, right? We're talking about these stolen carrot Sankara, right? Sankara Stone, stones. Yes. I think the idea was that there was some like the god Shiva supposedly in the movie um, puts powers into these stones and whoever has these stones, it, it gives them the ability to like have uh, like happiness and, and luck yeah. or something along the lines. Yeah, well, those, right? yeah. like those stones themselves were invi- the Shankara stones. They were invented by George Lucas, but yep. they are basically based on stones named the Lingram. Yep. That basically they 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 look exactly the same. They have very similar um, symbols and stuff on it. Um, they're stones, and they have the carved symbols on it. And they deal with the Hindu god Shiva powers, like you said, the five stones invest in magical properties that they could use to combat evil. So it's very similar. He just basically changed the um, the name the name of them pretty much. Yep. That, and they said that the know. lingam itself, uh, the lingam stones. Um, essentially, if you look at it, it's it's like a short cylinder looking. Sp- stone right it's a symbol of shiva and it's made out you know usually made out of stone metal wood clay whatever and then it is attached to a base which is kind of like a flat um saucer like base and it is often used to pray essentially yeah so i mean there were some bases to it obviously uh not to the extent that you have in the movie where they like start glowing and giving people power yeah, but there's there a belief like that yeah. it's more they're like a symbolic make... thing almost yeah, like a christian make... cross you know yeah i, I would say yeah yeah, Those it's more properties. like a cross. Obviously, it's, it's a movie and stuff like that. But yeah, they but they do look yeah. virtually the same, very similar, especially the yeah. um, the symbols and stuff written on them and everything. And then brings us to the first one. I don't know why we started backwards. I guess we started backwards because like the crystal skulls were like the most legit. But yeah, the Ark of the of Covenant, yeah. right? The Ark Which of the again, Covenant is something that could be real, could not be real. There's some basic debate. But the Ark of the Covenant is basically the. Um, well, it's like that. Um, well, it's it's supposed to be the place where um, you have the Ten Commandments are stored into. It's worth less than I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Ultimately, I think that's that was the whole premise of the Ark of the Covenant. And again, it's very similar from what we hear um, about the Ark of the Covenant. It's very similar premise. It's that made out of wood. Supposedly, it was covered in gold. Um, it had this these elaborate. I think they were supposed to be not eagles, but maybe eagles, some kind of birds of prey on top of it. And supposedly, this chest is filled with tablets that are engraved through the Ten Commandments, and they are engraved by God, if you believe in Christian scripture, rather. Um, and they're given to Moses. The ark is constructed by Israeli people um, when they're camping out in the Sinai Desert after they fled Egypt. And the Hebrew Bible doesn't necessarily say when they fled Egypt. 
and there's also a lot of debate as to whether there really um you know was or when there was these massive exodus from egypt but the ark is constructed during this time the ten commandments are put in it and then the ark kind of vanishes when the babylonians conquer jerusalem in 587 bc apparently same premise the ark has a seemingly magical powers according to the hebrew bible I mean, like if it was taken into battle it would help yeah they're uh, actually, yeah, they're actually taking the battle themselves and, and they kind of took this with the uh, movie itself but like you know, it was so sacred that if you touched it it meant instant death yeah that's what they're saying so you know um and it's what they're looking for the movie that fact that they talk about all this right that they, that it went yep. missing in the sixth century bce and that they're trying to find it throughout and that's the movie where he's chasing like the nazis and stuff like that yeah um but there's a lot of like theories about what happened to it i believe something could have happened to it um 14th century ethiopia right okay. um, that the queen of sheba visited king Solomon in jerusalem during the 10th century and had a son by him um and on her journey home the son the son returned to jerusalem once he was of age and although he um, chose to go back with his mother, Solomon sent him with a company of Jewish warriors. And then, but unbeknownst to Solomon, that their companions frustrated about leaving Jerusalem, he decided to take a souvenir with them. And that the souvenir with them was the Ark of the Covenant. And it was too late for Solomon to retrieve this vessel. So the son um, brought the Ark with him to the city of um, Axum and with the Ark inside and later conquered a number of surrounding territories that would, that would help become the Ethiopian Empire. So he's saying, you know, Basically, ancient Ethiopia, the reason that empire thrived was Melik, which is um, the son's name. He basically did this because he had the Ark by his side during this time. So okay. it kind of goes in with okay. all that sort of stuff. Makes sense. And I think the first movie yeah, really plays yeah. up this. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. The first movie, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, kind of plays up a lot of things that are more or less based on fact that surround this idea of him trying to get the Ark. First of all, the fact that Nazis really were very interested oh, in archaeology. It, yeah. Um, yep, they're interested in archaeology. We know, for, you know, this is this for a fact. Um, we know that these archaeological digs that by the Nazis and the interest in it really stemmed from uh, Heinrich Himmler, who was, you know, like a really top Nazi. And he, he, you know, he has scientific training, but he also strongly believed in the occult. Um, and there's Big so time. many documentaries and books about it, right? Like Nazis and the occult. But the premise here was that he tried to use archaeology as a way to prove that a German civilization had existed long before other cultures. So there really was, you know, this this idea of trying to prove Nazi superiority through archaeology, which is why this really made it into their first movie. There was some basis in that. Well, yeah, and the like art they said, being the ultimate, you know. Yeah, like it, it definitely. Most historians say it existed at some point. It's, it's talked about too much in history to describe how it looked like a bit too much in history, right? The mercy seat on the, which the two stones, right? The wood, like you said, covered in gold. So it may not exist anymore. It might not actually have been the 10 commandments or whatever, but something called the Ark of the Covenant did exist at some point where yeah. most historians believe that it was probably um, destroyed or lost, lost the time. But uh, it, at some, it was a real item at some point that now has all this legend and stuff attached to it. We could probably, not should, but we could probably do a whole episode on Nazis and the occult and like Hitler's oh, yeah. okay. supposed yeah, goal of, of trying to find all this of stuff. Destiny, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah, the grail and the spear of destiny, like that was the whole thing when Nazi Nazi Germany was not doing so well. It was this idea of like trying to find some like super intense holy stuff. And that spawned like, a whole bunch of like, if you watch like those Hellboy movies, they talk about that, obviously, like, the first Captain America deals with that. So, I mean, it, it's become part of culture too, part of like pop culture as well, these artifacts. Yeah. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. 
tiny with Ian Gibby talk about there with the Nazis. Do you have anything else? I mean, I don't really have much else. No, I mean, I think it was just interesting to see that you know, some of these things actually did it, some of the history behind these things. Oh, there's a lot more stuff. We just kind of touched the surface. There's like tons of stuff written just about the search for the crystal skulls, just about the search for obviously for the Holy Grail. I mean, that part of the Crusades is looking for Holy Grail. Obviously, it's the Holy Land, but also the Holy Grail itself, but the Knights Templar and everything like that. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with these things, the history behind it. This is just, you know, giving a little bit of like the fact behind the fiction. And Indiana Jones is just a great, I mean, actually, I think I'm just yeah, going to watch making another one. I think right? I'm I believe they are, but another. he's like, isn't he 80? Yeah, I know he like, I'm almost positive. Know. He's like 80 years old. I mean, I don't see him trying to climb like, you know, hanging bridges. Yeah, but, but he's, uh, he's Indiana Jones. He can do whatever he wants. That's right. I mean, I, I I can't see them trying to reboot that. Like that needs to be, just like they keep on trying to reboot um, Terminator by always having um, Arnold in it because Arnold is the Terminator. Same thing here. Like Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. There's not much you could really do there. I always liked the idea that he was a teacher. Like I thought that was so cool. That's why he wanted to be a teacher. I mean, inspired. I don't. That's why. Maybe like yeah, Indiana Jones. There would be no History Teachers podcast. Is that what you're saying, Peter? I don't know. I mean, right. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I never, I guess subconsciously, I don't know, <laughs> but it would be cool, right. To like go find artifacts in the world instead of like, you know, doing lesson plans, but Hey, struck was real. So I think that concludes our uh, short, right. But I think still fun, more or less. Podcast. Informative. 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 Uh, I mean, see if we started talking about the movies, this could have been like an hour long one, but you said no. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for listening and tuning in once more. We greatly appreciate it. And if you need to find us, you can find us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. Please feel free to shoot us an email, any suggestions, comments, whatever. We'll take it all. So thank you so much, guys. And until next week. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.